Let's pray. Our Father, we think of heaven tonight when all our labors and trials are o'er. We're safe on that beautiful shore. The things that we have sung about tonight remind us of heaven. I thank God for godly men who offer themselves in the responsibility of the diaconate to serve you here, not just to accept an honor, but to accept a huge responsibility and an accountability. God bless these men. Bless our church. Touch those who are here without Jesus, who do not really have a vital relationship. Call them to thyself tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul was outlining to Timothy concerning the appointment of bishops and deacons. The term bishop is another term for pastor or minister or elder. Those are the same, those refer to the same office. And when he came to the office of deacon, he gave several qualifications which we've already gone over, we know about them. And then he said an unusual thing in verse 13. He said, they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. They that have used the office of a deacon. Men, you were not called to an honor. I want to show you what that means. The Bible tells us in Acts 6 that there were seven men chosen. We don't know, do not know much about four of them. I think those four stood behind the scenes and made everything happen. We know about one of them. He led a rebellion. His name was Nicholas. And we read in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, you have some there that follow the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which I hate. Which is a word of warning to us to keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes in the book, to know truth from error, and to stand true to the word of God. The other two, Philip and Stephen. And the Bible records in Acts chapter 8, Philip went down to Samaria, where Jesus had had that great revival with the, Samaritan, with the Samaritan woman. You remember many had come out. They had heard the word of this woman. She went in back and said, I, I met a man that told me everything I ever did. Is not this the Messiah? And they came out because of her word. Many believed because of her word. And then when they saw Jesus, many others believed because of Jesus. Which reminds us that we all should an influence. There are some who may never get to Jesus until they get to you. And when they get to you, they can come to know the Christ because he lives inside of you. That's what happened to that woman. She had put her water pots down. She had received Christ. And God changed her life. And she went back to that city and said to those men with whom she had sinned, you come and see the man that told me everything I've ever done. Is not this the Christ? And they believed on him. And they came out. Many others believed on him because of 
her word. And then, sometime later, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, after the difficulties in the church and the murmuring and so on, and these seven men were appointed, the Bible tells us that Philip went down to Samaria and he preached the word to them. And there's an amazing verse that says there was great joy in that city because of that deacon. There was great joy in that city because of that deacon. Thank God. We don't know all that happened to Philip in the years ahead, but I'm sure he went on serving the Lord and following the Lord. And then there was the other guy named Stephen. I can hardly speak of Stephen without tears. Stephen was the first of the ones chosen. When the apostles said, now you pick out seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, the first one they chose was Stephen, a man full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, God grant that we shall be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that above everything else on earth, we would say, Lord, fill me. Fill me with thyself so that I can be a vessel unto honor. And the Bible record says, much people were added to the Lord. Some of the priests began to get saved and serve the Lord, and the Word of God increased. And then Stephen got up on the streets of Jerusalem and gave his testimony. And you read the seventh chapter of Acts, and you read about this deacon. As far as we know, he was not called to be an apostle. He was not called to be a preacher. He was not called to be a, de a, a pastor or, or an ambassador or a missionary or anything else. He was called to be a Christian. He was called to be a servant of God. And as a deacon, he went out into Jerusalem and started sharing his testimony. And on the streets of Jerusalem, he told about Jesus, and he recited all the history of the Old Testament, which reminds us, men, get acquainted with the Bible. Know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, all of it. Know the history, know the prophecies, know the Word of God. Have a sacred time, a secret time to read the Bible. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book, somebody wrote on the flyleaf. And that's true. And Stephen, filled with the Word of God, filled with the history of Israel, filled with the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, stood up on the streets of Jerusalem and preached about Israel and how they had rejected Moses and they'd rejected the prophets. And then the Holy One, the Just One, came and they crucified Him. And when Stephen began to talk about the resurrection of Christ, the ire of those Jews was raised, and they picked up big stones and started hurling them at this deacon, the first Christian martyr. And men, remember, when you serve the Lord, everybody won't like you. There's a price to pay. Sometimes your own family won't like you. They'll think you've gone kooky. they think you've gone out of your mind. That's what people said. Remember about Jesus? While they came and said, uh, Mary and the others of the family said well, he must be beside himself all through the years when a man really catches a blaze for God some won't understand you understand that remember that 
When you enroll in the kingdom of God in service for the Lord, you pledge your neck. John the Baptist did. Jeremiah did. Stephen did. The apostle Paul did. And on and on and on. Well, Stephen did a remarkable thing. You know the Lord had done a marvelous work in his life. Most of us have a get-even policy. Somebody does us wrong, we want to punch them in the nose. You know that. You know. Somebody shoots a water gun at us, we want to shoot it back at them. <laughs> Somebody does something ugly to us, we say, boy, I can hardly wait to get even. That wasn't true with Stephen. Somehow the Holy Spirit washed him inside and out and changed his attitude and everything about him. And when they began to stone him to death, Stephen looked up and he saw Jesus. We sang a little while ago until the day my eyes behold that city. Stephen saw it. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus went back to the throne of glory, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. But this time when Stephen looked up there, Jesus was standing in honor of the first Christian martyr. And Stephen said, I see Jesus. And he's standing at the right hand of the Father. And as he was dying, they looked upon him and he had a face like an angel. I don't know all that that meant. And then he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Now, what was the result of Stephen's death? He died. We, we don't know how long that was. It may have been just a few days after he was called to be a deacon. We don't know how long he had. Listen, how long is not nearly as important as how much. Whether you live 10 years, 20 years, 70 years, 100 years, or six months. How full is your life going to be for Christ? How much are you going to bless God's work? How much are you going to bless the church? Brad and Kenny have been chosen to serve as deacons in our church, to line up with other men who through these years have served in a godly fashion. Brad and Kenny, you may live a long life and you may not. God didn't promise that. He just promised, I'll be with you. I'll take care of you. And if you need to die for the faith, it's okay. I'll be there with you. And Stephen said, I see Jesus. Now listen, there was a man standing there who hated Christians. He hated them. He wanted to kill them all. And he heard Stephen. He never got away from that testimony. A few days later, he was on his way to Damascus to kill Christians over there. And on and on in his, in his mind, he heard, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. And he's standing at the right hand of the Father. And this man, Saul, didn't even believe in Jesus. He believed he was an imposter. He didn't believe in the resurrection. But he couldn't get away from the testimony of that deacon. Ten miles outside the ancient city of Damascus, there was a light shone down. And he heard a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul must have thought, who in the world is that? Who are you, sir? He said. He said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And keep in mind, listen, men. When you persecute the church, when you're critical of the church, when you talk against the church, you're talking against him. Don't ever let it come out of your mouth. Honor the Lord. Serve the Lord. And Saul said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And I want you to notice. God didn't tell him then. God doesn't always tell us ahead of time, does he? 
Tonight he's not telling you, Brad, Kenny, what he wants you to do. He says, do what you know is right now. Do what you understand to be right now. He said, do you rise and go into the city of Damascus and it will be told you what to do. Now God could have told him out there on the road, but he didn't. God doesn't always tell us when we ask him. His accounts are not always settled in July or August or October. So he went into the city and God works on two ends of the line. Over on the other side of town, he said, Ananias, there's a man come to town. I want you to go over there and tell him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias was scared to death. He said, well, this man's come to kill us all. And God said, don't worry about that. You just do what I tell you to do. And listen, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Just stand boldly for the things of God and God will bless you. Much people were added to the Lord. Souls were saved. Lives were changed. And the New Testament church began to go and grow and glow. And on and on and on they went until today. All through these years, God has raised up godly men to serve in the diaconate. The diaconate are not a board. They're not a board of elders or a board of directors and sit around and tell the church what to do. The diaconate are servants of Jesus. And together we say, Lord, what wilt thou have us to do? What do you want our church to do? We're here to serve. We're ready to go. We'll go into the highways and hedges and bring them in from the fields of sin. And man, you can't get a greater challenge than that. God's going to use you. God has used these other men. I thank God for many of our deacons who are out serving the Lord in various places who have been ordained here and they're out there working for Jesus. That's what God's going to do with you. If the Lord lets you stay here, praise the Lord. If there comes a day when God says, I want you to go to Africa, I want you to go to Japan, I want you to go to Mexico, I want you to go somewhere else and serve me. Just say, here, my Lord, I'm reporting for duty, whatever you want me to do. But while I'm here, while I'm here, I'm not going to be one of the murmurers. I'm not going to be one of the grumblers. I'm going to be somebody God can use. I'm going to say, here, my Lord, use me, use me, use me. And, fellas, your wives need to be in favor of that, too. Deacons' wives, there's hardly anyone in the world that can discourage a husband more than you can. Nor is there anybody in the world that can encourage a husband more than you can. J. Harold Smith tells about his wife, Mertis. He said he got up and preached the best he could. And on the way home in the car, Mertis said, you were awful weak tonight, weren't you? So what do you mean? He said, well, you didn't preach strong enough. See, she said, get at them. Go after them. Deacons, wives, get your husbands involved in Sunday school and church and preaching service and training union and everything. Don't ever say, you're too busy. You're just always going over to that silly church. God help if you get like that. But say, Praise God, I got a husband that loves God and wants to serve the Lord, and he's going to get at it and keep on keeping on until God uses you and blesses you 
there's victory in Jesus. I could go on another hour, but we've already had an ordination service. These testimonies were a blessing. The songs were wonderful. We've come to the close of this hour. If there's anyone here who has never been saved, wouldn't you like to come to Jesus tonight? Just give him your heart. Just say, Lord, I need you. I need you. You see, Jesus died on a cross for my sins and your sins. We're all sinners, every one of us. And the Bible says the wages of that sin is death in hell, separation from God forever. You're going to die and go to hell if you don't know Christ. But that isn't what God wants. It is not the will of God that any should perish, but that all should come repentance. God wants to save you tonight, and he will. How do you get saved? By personal faith in Jesus Christ. By just coming and say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm lost. I need you, and I invite you to come into my heart and be my Savior. And when you do that, Jesus saves. Let's close our eyes in prayer. How many in our auditorium tonight can say, I'm saved? I'm saved, and I know that Christ lives in my heart. If I died tonight, I'd go to heaven. Would you lift your hand? Hold it a minute. You know that for sure. Thank you. Put your hands down. I wonder if there's anybody who would be honest enough to say, Preacher, I'm not sure. If I died, I don't know whether I'd go to heaven or not. I, I need Christ. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? I'm not going to embarrass you. just want to pray for you. Is there one here tonight who would say that to the Lord? All right, God bless you. Is there another? I'm not really sure. Pray for me. Anyone else? Our Father, we pray that you will give victory in this closing moment. May somebody who is not sure come to know the assurance that is in Christ, just trusting Jesus simply. And then may all of us receive the challenge to honor you, to live for you, and to serve you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, please. Jesus paid it all, page 157. Now this is God's invitation to us tonight. Friend, if you're here and you're not saved, don't, don't leave without Christ. If you're not sure you're saved, don't leave without Christ. And if you've been saved and you're on the periphery somewhere, you're not really serving the Lord or honoring Him, why don't you come tonight? We're just going to sing two stanzas of this hymn. That's God's invitation. Would you step out for Christ while we sing? God help you to do it.